I don't work this hard to be around people I don't like. Uh, yeah. Gotta be a special type nigga to deal with my life. Gotta be a special type nigga to feel what I write. Special like my classic. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. I definitely, it definitely would mean a lot to me. Uh, this is the last episode of 2021. Um, 2021, you know, it's funny. During the year, it feels like, at some parts, it feels like the year's flying. Like, it felt like 2021 just flew. In some parts, it felt like this year will never end. You know what I mean? I think that's that's how it always is. Except for 2020. 2020 was a long year. But this is the last episode of 2021, man. Uh, I appreciate everyone that continues to rock with me continues to support me um i i i just hope for growth in everyone in 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 your life in my life in the podcast life i just hope for growth in 2022 uh for a lot of people 2021 was a rough year for a lot of people 2021 was a lot rougher than 2020 um and I just, again, I just hope for growth and I hope for love in 2021 or 2022 in everyone's life. You know what I mean? I think that an injection of love is definitely what we need, uh, especially the, the the turmoil that a lot of people faced in these last two, two and a half years. So, again, this is the last episode of 2021 uh, or last episode in 2021. And let's start off with a bang, man. Let's start off with. Let's 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 start off with frustration because I want to start off with frustration and I want to end with, I guess, promise. Uh, at least this episode, what I'm saying. So I'm going to start my week 16 in the NFL breakdown with the Dallas Cowboys and Washington football team. Now, a lot of people are going to think I'm starting this off. I'm starting this episode or I'm starting this week off with frustration because I'm a Washington fan. We got we got <laughs> Washington lost 56 to 14 against Dallas. So a lot of people are going to think when I said I'm going to start this off with frustration, a lot of people think that I'm going to start talking about Washington, but no. First and foremost, we talk about this a lot. I talk about this a lot. How do you judge greatness? You know, how do you greatness is judged differently by different people. And if you don't believe me, I mean, ask 10 people who's the greatest basketball player of all time. At least five of them, you'll get different answers in all 10. Or at least you'll get either one or two answers in all 10. But all 10 will not be the same. So greatness is is measured differently. We look at Dallas. And my frustration is with Dallas above everything. Not... Not, not because Dallas beat the doors off Washington, but because it's so frustrating watching Dallas sometimes. And I'm, and I'm, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about this, or I'm not talking about Dallas as a Washington fan. I'm talking about this as a football fan. It's frustrating watching Dallas because 
what we saw on what Sunday Night Football was the Dallas that can win, can and should win a Super Bowl. The defense was firing all cylinders. Uh, the first play of the of the of Washington's offensive drive, Tra- Trayvon Diggs caught his eleventh interception, I believe. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, I think it was, had a pick six. The defense was humming. You know, D- Dak Prescott was humming with with Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb, and Zeke had a couple touchdowns. This is the Dallas that we we know you could they they could be when you have the pieces that Dallas has this is the this is the team that we saw in the beginning of the year this is the team that a lot of people including myself had Dak Prescott in the MVP conversation in the beginning of the year this is the team that a lot of people hoped we would get and we should get moving forward let me not say moving forward. We should get on a regular basis. But the frustration comes in when we don't. Dallas has struggled the last few few weeks. I know it doesn't look like it when you see the score that we saw on Sunday. But Dallas has struggled for a minute now. And if you ask anybody that's, that's subjective, a lot of people aren't going to put Dallas in the Super Bowl, and that is because of their inconsistency, the frustration, and we'll talk about another team in a, in a second, but the the frustration is inconsistency. You see, Dallas has, if you look at just the rosters, now I understand that, you know, having a, a you know, the, the roster doesn't ultimately mean you're going to have the, the success, but if you look at Dallas's roster, they have arguably the best roster by name in the NFL, not just in the NFC East, in the NFL. Now, the thing that Dallas does year year and year out, at least for the past few years, is they beat up on the NFC. Now, that doesn't ultimately mean that they're going to win the NFC because we, I mean, as we saw last year, injuries and everything can affect it. And the NFC is the most uh, turbulent division as far as who's going to win it. As we've seen, I think they haven't had a, a divisional. I think this the 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 same team hasn't won the division twice in a year, twice in a row since like '06 or something. But Dallas beats up on the NFC teams, and because of that, they get their record up. They 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 look incredible against the Giants. They look incredible against Washington. They look incredible against the Eagles, and. It gives them false hope. It gives it gives us as fan, as as NFL fans false a false perception of who Dallas is, and it's it's not as much false as it is. Let me say this: it is false because this is not who they are. But this is the the Dallas team that we saw on Sunday. Like I said, is the Dallas team. Dallas can 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 should be able to to play with anybody. But this is the same Dallas team, the same Dallas team that struggles against teams that they shouldn't struggle or loses the teams that a lot of people would consider are some of the top teams, i.e. the Bucs. You know, I would not be surprised if Dallas is one of the last few teams that's left still standing. I wouldn't be surprised if they win the Super Bowl. 
let me say this. I would be surprised because I haven't seen consistency in Dallas, but I wouldn't be surprised because they have the talent to win the Super Bowl. Dak Prescott, when he's firing all cylinders, he's one of the best uh he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Which is I mean, it, it took me a minute. It took as I'm not gonna lie, it took me a minute to come around to it. But excuse me. Dak Prescott, when firing all cylinders, is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. This year, Dan Quinn has has this defense humming. <clears throat> Excuse me. Has this defense humming from Trayvon Diggs to Vander Esch to Lawrence when he came back. This defense is 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 getting to the quarterback and getting sacks, getting interceptions. While you can make, you know, Trayvon Diggs is an, is an incredible player. Minka, Minka Parsons arguably could be in the running for defensive player of the year. Not just, I think he pretty much locked up defensive rookie of the year. But I think that he can, he's definitely in the running for defensive player of the year. It's just, we don't know the Dallas that we're going to get week in and week out. And I think that's something that's plagued them. And it, it's not just this year. That's plagued them for a minute. That's 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 what we saw with the Jason Garrett era. That's what we're seeing now. You don't know the da- in fact, you really haven't known. Dallas hasn't been like we, we, you don't know the Dallas that you're getting week in and week out, not just year in and year out, week in and week out cuz week in, year in and year out, Dallas has one of the best rosters. Like right now, Dallas has arguably the best roster in the NFL. Yet and still, we're talking about you know, people people on TV and, and and fans are saying they need to see more because we've seen Dallas struggle. We've seen Dallas win or lose games that they should definitely win. We've seen Dallas lose games that they should be more competitive in. We've seen Dak struggle now, it could because of the hamstring, but we've seen Dak struggle. We've seen this offense struggle. We haven't seen prime Zeke in a minute. So the frustration, I just think as an NFL fan, you want to see more consistency with a team that is supposed to be "quote unquote" America's team. And I'm not putting the quotes because I'm a Washington fan. I'm putting the quotes because it's hard to call someone America's team when they've been mediocre. When they've been mediocre for a minute, and that's not even that's not a shot. That's you can look at the stats, look at the outcomes of year after year after year. They've been mediocre, so. But Dallas looked incredible on let me let me Dallas looked incredible on Sunday. This is the Dallas. Now, do I think that they can score 56 on anybody? No. But I do think that they have the piece. Like I said, CeeDee Lamb's incredible. Dalton Schultz has been great. Um, they have the pieces to be a, a very high scoring team and a, and a team that can score a lot on defense because of, you know, how Minka Parsons plays, because of how Trayvon Diggs plays. I, they have the op, it's just will they do that? And that's where the frustration is because you don't know what you're going to get week after week. But I also think that that is you know the team that we saw on on Sunday, even though they were playing a lesser defense this year, or they were playing a lesser defense in Washington, they could be that could be the team, you know that that could be the Dallas team that could win them a championship if they play. Like that. And let me go over to Washington side. 
Um, I don't. It's it's no point of tacking on uh, what's obvious. Washington needs a quarterback. While Tyler Heineke is a good uh, option as far as a backup, and while Tyler Heineke, Taylor, I'm sorry, while Taylor Heineke, he, you know the thing about the thing about backups, the thing that can get can can confuse some people, right? Is the job of a backup? The job of a backup isn't to the job of a backup is to keep the team afloat, right? The job of a backup is when the when a when a when the starter goes out, even if the starter's out for a couple of weeks, you're supposed to keep the team afloat. Yes, Taylor Heineke has some great moments. Yes, Taylor Heineke has some really good games, but time and time again, he reminds us that he is a backup quarterback, and there's nothing wrong with being a backup quarterback. There has some there have been some great backup quarterbacks in the league. I mean hell, we'll talk about Nick Foles in a second. But Nick Foles will go down as one of the greatest backup quarterbacks to ever play. Chase Chase Daniels is a really good backup quarterback. Nick Mullen is a really good backup quarterback because they're good in moments. They should be good. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a good backup quarterback, even though Washington will try to tout or toot him, trot him in as a starting quarterback. He is a good backup quarterback. Backup quarterbacks are supposed to keep the team afloat until the starter comes back. Hell, why do you think that outside of Nick Mullins, there's never really been a backup quarterback to win a Super Bowl? Unless they're playing, they have like one of the greatest defenses of all time, like Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer is not a backup quarterback, but he isn't the best you know, quarterback, but he did have one of the most historic defenses in league history in the Ravens. So, but I'm not tacking on um, as far as, yes, Washington needs a backup. We saw on the sideline the, the altercation, I guess you could, for lack of a better term, between uh, Deron Duran Payne and Jonathan Allen. Uh, first and foremost, fights happen. I play basketball. I, I've been on basketball team. I played basketball in high school. I played basketball in college. At every level, there's been a fight in practice. There's been a fight yeah, in practice. Now, the difference is, one, I'm not a professional. <laughs> Two, it's it's not in front of the world to see. It's not in front of, you know, it's, it's 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 with the team, the team. You know, we handle it in team because trust me, if you think that there's no fights in 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 football general as far as in practice, you're sadly mistaken. These are people that have high energy, especially during practice. There's there's always fights in practice. It's just you don't see them like you saw the Jonathan Allen Deron Payne, and and I I respect and love what Jonathan Allen said. You know, it happened. We we deal with it in the locker room. We keep it moving. It it, it happened. It happened. I, if somebody put their hand in my face, I'm liable to do exactly what Jonathan Allen did. I am not a fighter, but I do know you don't touch my face. Don't touch. Don't touch another man's face, a, a grown man's face at that. Like you don't do that. But I'll I'll, I'll do it. I'll be the one. I think that 
it it sucks to say, but it's, we ha- it needs to be said. I think we need to really look at um. Is is I understand that the name Ron Rivera is is a is a great name, and I know you know shouts out for him uh, fighting cancer and and ultimately uh, winning against cancer and everything. But has I mean has the this iteration of Washington. That is led by Ron Rivera. Has it worked? You know, somebody, I don't remember, uh, is it Tory Smith? Tory Smith said it on Twitter and shouts out to Tory Smith. So I'm going to, I'm going to credit him because he, he, he nailed it perfectly. I think last year definitely gave us false hope about what Washington is. I think they overachieved. I think that because Washington made it to the wild or the playoffs, it kind of accelerated their uh, their growth, and and not not accelerated as far as they have just ultimate ultimately gotten better. I think that they, it gave fans, it gave the organization, it gave the team false confidence that this team is not. Re- and and I'm one of those people. I'm one of the people that it gave false confidence to. But sitting back and Tor- and Tory Smith said it. This team is still in a rebuild mode. The defense is nowhere close to one I thought it would be. You have all the number one, I mean, all the first round picks: Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, uh, Martez or Montez Sweat, uh, Landon Collins, uh, Chase Young when he was healthy. You have a lot of number one, you know, first round picks. I thought that the team and. Looking at the success that they had last year, I thought that this team was a lot further than they should have been. And I think, and and shout out to Torrey Smith again, last year gave us false hope. Or, not false hope, gave us a false perception of what this team really is. This team is still a rebuild team. Because if you look at the bare bones, right? If you look at, let's take the success out from last year. In fact, let's add the success, right? Dallas was Dallas was you know Dak Prescott got hurt so Dallas they just plummeted with Andy Dalton. We don't know what the hell is going on with the Eagles. We'll talk about the Eagles in a second. But last year Eagles was were god awful, god awful. Daniel the Daniel Jones experiment pretty was one year from. I think the Daniel Jones experiment is pretty much over. We'll talk about that in a second, but. I think that, the, you know, we were just starting to see the fact that Daniel Jones was, is horrible and Saquon Barkley was out. So the NFC East was easy to be won. It was a down year, even though it's it's one of the worst uh, divisions in football right now, if not the worst. It was a down year for the NFC East. Again, Dak in, in Dallas was injured. Uh, Saquon Barkley was injured. And the Eagles, just everyone got hurt for the Eagles. Which... And honestly, going into the playoffs or going into the end of the season, Washington was was the most, you know, had the most healthy team. But if you look deeper, while yes, last year, Washington's defense was incredible. Chase Young won the defensive rookie of the year. They didn't really play a good offense 
towards the end of the year. They didn't really play uh, a, a top team until they got to the playoffs. If you look at the offense, outside of Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin, and I guess if you want to put them up there, Logan Thomas, this offense, it has, we have one of the most challenged skill position offenses in the league. Outside of those three, there's not really a, a talent that would start for a lot of teams on our off, on Washington's offense. And it's not even quiet because Washington, the, the back end of the defense, the secondary is horrible. Big play after big play after big play. You see, I said this before, and I said it, I will say it again. Winning kind of gives people false perceptions at times, or kind of it blinds you to a lot of things because you're winning. But the same problems outside of the defense, the same problems that plagued Washington for a minute now are the same problems that still plague them, except their defense just was a, their defense is worse now than it was last year. I will say that their defense took a step back, which I didn't expect, but hell, Scott Turner, he's not a good play caller or he hasn't shown to be a a a, a good play caller. Del Rio hasn't been hasn't shown that he's a good defensive coordinator. There's been a lot of stuff and I'm not saying get rid of Ron Rivera, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is we need to evaluate, is this working? The thing about rebels that I think that a lot of people don't or or overlook is you have to evaluate, yes, you may not be a good team, but are you going, are you moving in the right direction? A rebuild is not to, you know, look at Dolphins rebuild. Dolphins were bad for a brick. Then you get the right coach and Brian Flores. Then, I mean, possibly we'll talk about it. You might get the right quarterback at Tua. You 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 make year after year, you make good decisions on as far as free agency, as far as the draft. And now they're in a the playoff picture. So I just think I think we need to evaluate, man. Is Washington no, yes, Washington's still in a rebuild. So I'm not making any rash decisions, but is Washington moving in the right direction? That is the question that you have to ask yourself. And right now, it's 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 a question. We the things that we struggled with last year is the same things that we're struggling with this year. The only di- and of course with COVID and everything, but the only difference is Taylor Heine. We don't we don't have a quarterback. Terry McGlone has been great. Antonio Gibson has been okay, even though he has a fumble problem. Logan Thomas out for the year. Chase Young out for the year. You have in-house fighting. It's, you know, it's a lot. And let's move on. And we talked about frustration at the top of the show or top of the episode. I think now... A lot of people want to blame. Well, let me say this. Let me first. You know what? I, you know what I hate. I hate when people say, "Well, a lot of people want to blame the refs and don't want to blame anything else." Okay, okay. I'm not here blaming the refs. Yes, the refs had a bad call at the end of this game, uh, and that is the game. One of the games that we saw on Christmas Day, which was the Packers and the Browns. The Packers won twenty-four to twenty-two, and of course, I'm talking about the last minute. 
or last pretty much last play, which is the last second uh, interception that Baker Mayfield threw, his fourth interception. Um, it, it was clearly a pass interference uh, on the defense, but they didn't call it. Now, a lot of people want to say, oh, you don't blame. You're blaming the refs, man. You, you can't blame the refs. You can't blame the refs for, for one bad call. One bad call or one missed call didn't ruin the whole game, which is true. However, I think people that say that don't acknowledge that what happened did happen. The refs did miss a blatant pass interference. That not saying actually I do think that it would have changed it could have possibly changed the perspective of the game at the end because the Browns defense was humming. I mean, not defense. Their their offense was humming as far as give the ball to Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb was going. Nick Chubb was their their workhorse the second half of that game. And here's when the and 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 of course didn't happen. Baker Mayfield. The frustration comes in with Baker Mayfield. Everybody that I've I listen to, whether it's podcasts, whether it's TV. Uh, whether it's ESPN, whether it's uh, Fox Sports, every single person that I listened to said the same thing going in, including myself. This Browns team is going to go as far as Baker Makefield takes them. We talked about Dallas on paper, right? If you really look, and I said we said this, I said this going in. Going into the season, the Browns had ever there was a reason. There's a reason why a lot of people had the Browns at least, at minimum, making it to the AFC championship. When you look on paper, they had the best defensive line. They had the best offensive line. They had incredible skilled players going into the season, whether it was Odell Beckham Jr., whether it was uh, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Ninja, uh, David Njaku, uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, uh, Peoples-Jones. They had, they have one of the best teams on paper going forward. On the defense, you have uh, Miles Garrett. You have uh, Denzel Ward. You have Jadavion Clowney. They have a team. However, people still had pause because they said this team is only going to go as far as Baker Mayfield takes them. Now, I understand that Baker Mayfield, I guess, is still playing through an, an injury. Uh, I think a torn rotator cup or, or something like that. I understand that. But if you know that you're dealing with an injury, you have to, and you're going to continue to play, you have to work within the confines of that injury. Baker Mayfield was one of the main reasons that not only the Browns lost on Christmas Day against the Green Bay Packers because he threw four, not just one, not just the, the interception at the end that, that cost him the game. He threw four interceptions. We killed Lamar Jackson for throwing four interceptions against, I think it was the Browns. Yeah. But Baker Mayfield threw 
four interceptions, costly interceptions too. And because and, and and this game was pushed back. This game, the game, no, here we go. So a lot of people are gonna also blame. You know, they they were missing a couple players uh, due to COVID, but so was every team. Hell, we'll get to the NBA in a second, but so was so was every team missing players. You have to work with what you have. You know, that's the that's the criticism that people have about Baker Mayfield is that Baker Mayfield, who was an, who was a number one overall pick in the NFL, looks incredible when everything's going right. When his running game is with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt's going crazy. When Jarvis Landry is 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 playing like a, a safety net, which he is, he's, he's an incredible player. The defense is humming. Miles Garrett is one of the league leaders in sacks. When everything is going well, Baker Mayfield plays incredible and looks incredible. Baker Mayfield looks like one of the best or at least top ten quarterbacks in the league. It's just when things aren't going. When there's an injury on the offensive line, when there is, you know, when when Kareem Hunt's out or Nick Chubb isn't having the best game or Jarvis Landry isn't having the best game or Austin Hooper's not having the best game or Donovan Peoples-Jones is not having the best game, then Baker Mayfield looks less than ideal. And the frustration with this is the fact that people – that's that that I think that people are I don't think people are starting to turn on Baker. Whether it's the media, whether it's fan Browns fans, they're starting to turn on Baker because they understand we're seeing what we're seeing. And and things can change. Hell, we'll talk about Josh Allen a little bit later, but people can change. It's just they have to you have to be aware of yourself. Baker Mayfield's not terrible. He's not a terrible quarterback. The problem with Baker Mayfield is in two in, in situation, he, he kind of puts himself in a bad position in a lot of situations, whether that's having four interceptions, whether that's throwing a costly interception in a game uh, like he did against the Chiefs, or those games that you're supposed to win and you don't. Or the games... Against it, see it again. It goes. It kind of goes back to the Dallas argument. You're beating teams. You beat teams that you're supposed to beat. You're beating the the Jacksonville's. You're beating the the New York Jets. You're beating the Giants. You're beating the the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. Which, by the way, you almost lost. Like you're beating those type of teams. Yet and still, you're losing to teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Well, last year too, even though you did beat them in the playoffs, you're losing to like Pittsburgh Steelers. You're getting your head blown off by the the Bengals. You're losing a close game to the Chiefs. It's like we haven't really seen the Browns win those games. Outside now again, we're not talking about hell. Even last year, they were in prime position to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, and they didn't. Even with a, a Patrick Mahomes that looked like he was out, dazed and confused, out for the count. Definitely had a concussion. Didn't win. 
I th- so I think the frustration with the Browns is they – I mean, you have to make a decision. We'll talk about it a little later, but decisions decisions is a big part of this episode. You have to make a decision as far as is Baker the guy. And if he and, – and, and if he is the guy, is he the person to get you to your ultimate goal? And with a team this stack, this this loaded, they should be better than seven and eight and – and literally praying for a playoff spot, praying that a lot of things. In fact, they're not even in the playoff race right now. If you look at the AFC, there's a lot of teams that's, um, what, eight and seven. And they're not one of them. They're seven and eight. So it should, like, and on the Green Bay side, man, it's, I'm starting to see a little bit of concern for Green Bay. We'll talk about, I'm going to do my top five teams in the NFL towards the end of the episode. There's some things that I'm seeing that I'm not really liking with Green Bay, but I mean right now they're 12 and 3. Right now they're playing some of the best football and you have Aaron Rodgers who more than likely is going to win the MVP at least if if things shape up the way they're shaping up or continue to shape up the way they're shaping up. Green Bay is just to me one of those or is probably going to be that team right now the class in the NFC uh, the class of the NFC, and you know that's that's what we're seeing. So, there's that. Uh, so a little later in the episode as well, I'm gonna give my top five quarterbacks that are 25 and under, and the the Bengals destroyed, the, the absolutely destroyed. The, the the Ravens forty one to twenty one, and because of of the ankle injury, Lamar Jackson didn't play, and because of COVID, Tyler Tyler Huntley didn't play. So Josh jo- Josh Johnson, who I don't know who the hell that is, Josh Johnson, um, did his best. But when you're going up against someone like Joe Burrow, who threw for five hundred and twenty five yards, which I think is the most. In Browns history, I mean not Browns, in Bengals history, through four touchdowns, there's nothing you can do. And honestly, and and I, and I said this, the Ravens were are overachieving right now. Even though they did lose uh, the last what three games, three or four games, they with you know Lamar Jackson being hurt and being out. They are overachieving. There should be nobody with the injuries that they sustained going into the year, whether it's the running back core, whether it's their 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 defense, whether it's the offensive line, the injuries that they sustained throughout the beginning of the year and even throughout the whole year, losing Marlon Humphreys, losing uh, offensive tackle. There should be it. There was Lamar Jackson was putting on a show and Lamar Jackson was was playing incredible. Now, they were very dependent on Lamar Jackson, which I understand, but they were overachieving. And I think towards the end of the season where teams are teams know that they have to start clicking and when you're when you're going to the well, and when I say the well, I mean the injury reserve like when you're when half your most of your teams on injury reserve it's especially important players like Marlon Humphreys, like Marcus Peters, 
uh, on def on the defensive side of the ball, like and their and their defense is not to mention COVID protocol. Look, I'm not discrediting. I'm not discrediting what Joe Burrow did. Joe Burrow, that boy good. I, I there ain't much I can say bad about Joe Burrow. That boy Joe Burrow is a monster. Now it's I think I it's it's kind it's kind of crazy to me that I was questioning well how good is Joe Burrow gonna be you know when he gets in the league because all the talent he was surrounded by. You realize that Joe Burrow. Do you realize the talent that he was surrounded by in L- at LSU? My man had Justin Jefferson. My man had Jamar Chase. Two two players right now that you can arguably say are top five receivers in the league. He had on that team. Crazy. Crazy. But I'm not taking anything away from Joe Burrow. What I'm saying is the Ravens overachieved, and now that they're pretty much fighting their way in the playoffs – I, I was more I was more surprised at the fact that the Ravens were playing as good as they were playing, and a lot of that, most of that, is credited to Lamar Jackson and how good John Harbaugh has been. But yeah, now you're starting to see now they need to start. You know, with Lamar Jackson out, they have been. I mean, Tyler Huntley's been good, but you know. They lost to Green Bay. I mean, you're losing the teams that you're supposed to lose to when you don't have a uh, when you don't have your starting quarterback, and then you didn't have your even backup quarterback against the, the Bengals and got your head blown off. So, shouts, good job to the Bengals, man, and, sh- and shouts out to uh, bro. The league is in good hands again. We'll talk about the 25 and under a little bit, but the league is in good hands moving forward. When the when the older quarterbacks like like a like a Tom Brady, like Aaron Rodgers, uh, when they start to start to you know leave the league is in good hands man joe burrow is tough bro and the thing is that it's a to me you'd be you'd be at this point of the season and when you look at the health of the teams and how the teams are playing you'd be it'd be like a, a hot take to say that anybody else outside of the Bengals are going to win the afc south or AC North, I apologize. Now, going into the season, I was one of the people who said that the Bengals are not good. I knew Joe Burrow was going to be good, even though he did come out for injury. I knew Jamar Chase was going to be okay, even though he couldn't catch a damn ball to save his life in the preseason. I knew, I just didn't think they were going to be, I thought that the, I didn't. I knew the Steelers weren't going to be good because of Big Ben, but I just, I just didn't, th- especially defensively in their offensive line, I just didn't think the Bengals could hold up, but I was wrong. I'm not going to – I was wrong. The defense is held up. The offensive line has done its job, I guess, and Joe Burrow has just overcome. And Joe Burrow has looked incredible. So, shout out to the Bengals, man. Dang. He, he looked good. He looks good. I mean, he just he, – I think, again, he broke a, a, a franchise record with passing yards in a game. So, shout out to Joe Burrow. Move forward. <sighs> Again, I say this week after week after week now. This is why we had we we pumped the brakes when we talked about Cardinal the Cardinals and could they be championship caliber? Yes, they're ten and five right now, but you lost to the Colts. Now the Colts are a good team. Do not get me wrong. The Colts are a good team. This is the also this is the other game that was on Christmas. You lost to the Colts. Okay. Uh Jonathan Taylor. 
that's Jonathan Taylor. He should be an MVP. He's going to be an MVP finalist, in my opinion. Top three. Um, this defense is humming, even though it didn't have Darius Leonard and a lot of key pieces due to um, COVID. You still lost, and even though the Colts won twenty-two to sixteen, it, it really wasn't that close. It, it didn't feel like it was that close. It felt like the Colts were in control the entire game, and, and they didn't. You know, I will say this: the Colts. Carson Wentz, the Colts will go as far as, let me say this. Carson Wentz can do one of two things. Carson Wentz can be a big reason why the Colts have a very successful playoff run. When I say successful, I'm not saying win the championship, but have a very successful playoff run, or he can be the biggest reason why they do not have a successful playoff run. Now, at this moment, he has COVID. So, more than likely, he won't be playing on Sunday because he's unvaccinated. Well, let me say this. He's in the COVID protocol. But because he's unvaccinated, he's going to be there for, what, 10 or 5 days? I don't know what the hell the CCC is doing right now or CDC is doing. But and I say Carson Wentz is going to do one of two things. He's going to either be a, a big part of their, their championship run or playoff run, or he's going to be a major part of their demise. And I say that because of this. Carson Wentz has quietly had a good a good year. Carson Wentz quietly has had a really good year. He had a really good pass. In fact, he had the game-winning touchdown. Uh, he had the game-winning touchdown on Christmas, rolling to the left and, and caught the – or hit the receiver on stride, in stride. The biggest reason why I think Carson Wentz can do one of two things is because I don't think Carson Carson Wentz has been really good this year. I think he's second in um, interception or touchdown interception ratio to Aaron Rodgers. I know it's like a big gap, but I think he's second. Uh, and, and Carson Wentz, as much as hell as I give him, as much hell as people give him, he had a, a good season. However, We've seen bad Carson Wentz. We've, we have seen bad Carson Wentz. And bad Carson Wentz can derail a team. We also know that the Colts have an MVP caliber running back in Jonathan Taylor. Uh, a, a, a top defense in the league in the Colts. If Carson Wentz just plays his part, you don't have to be the savior. I think that because you come from an organization that is the Eagles that you know, you had a lot of injuries around you. We had a lot of turmoil around you. Carson Wentz had to do a lot more than he expected, so he had that kind of hero mentality, kind of like what we're kind of seeing with Russell Wilson, which we'll talk about in a second. But he had kind of had that hero mentality, so it's like you have to win it, or or you have to be great, you have to make this pass, or it's just your team's gonna lose. I think he's dealt with that so much that it's kind of ingrained in him, and he also dealt with that in college. At North Dakota State. But if you just play your role, don't turn the ball over. Let your defense carry you, which which she has been, and, and I will give him a tremendous, uh, tremendous credit. He has done that. Played within himself. Don't turn the ball over. Maybe get a touchdown or two and let Jonathan Taylor run you to freedom. Then 
The Colts are a scary team in the playoffs against anybody. If you get the Carson Wentz that thinks he needs to win it on every play and just chucks the ball up because he's scared. He, uh, he chucks the ball up because he's so cognizant of not getting a, a, a sack. But he, for some reason, he, his, his throwaway skills is, is wild. If you get that Carson Wentz, then this all, this run that the Colts are on is all for nothing because it's not going to – once you play like a, a better team than the Cardinals, then it's it's going to be a wrap. So, But I will say, you know, shouts out to the Colts. They have looked really good. Now, I do want to see – again, it doesn't look like they'll have Carson Wentz on Sunday due to being in health and safety protocol. So I think Sam Ellinger from Texas will be playing. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, and then I think they play against the Raiders, which is a big game for the Raiders. So this is it's tough. This is a big game for the Raiders. Now I don't think you know teams like the Raiders are playing for their playoff lives at this point. Uh, the Colts kind of aren't, but the Raiders are. But you, if the Colts lose, I think the Titans win the AFC or AFC South. So you know, I don't know. I just know that uh, this is a big game for both teams, especially the Raiders. So. Um, yeah, man, the Colts, the, the Colts are good. And like I said, we don't know about the Cardinals. The Cardinals, that's why I said, wait and see. Kyler Murray's really good. It's just, he has his moments. Uh, Chase Edmonds came back. He looked good, but again, it's just the defense. It's it just, it, you know, it's, and the funny thing is the Cardinals defense played really well against Jonathan Taylor. I think he had like one of his worst games of the season. It's just you let Carson Wentz go crazy. So, you know, it's it's it is what it is with the Cardinals, man. So Oh man. You know, it's time. Let's have a serious conversation about Cam Newton. Now, on Sunday, the Panthers lost to the Bucks, thirty-two to six. Uh, the Buccaneers also won the NFC South divisional title. Uh, Shouts out to the Bucks. You know the Bucks are one of the best teams in the league. Tom Brady is still playing incredible. He's you know still has some great pieces. Antonio Brown came back. He, even you know even without Chris Godwin, they looked really good. Leonard Fournette didn't play. However. Uh, Shamaji P. Ryan looked good. So did uh, Ronald Jones. Shout out to the Bucks. But let's have a serious, serious conversation about Cam Newton. It's no secret that I have been a huge Cam Newton uh, advocate, I guess you could say. I've been a huge proponent of Cam Newton, and I still am uh, a big fan of Cam Newton. Cam Newton, in my opinion, is one of the most revolutionary players we've seen as far as we've never seen a player in the NFL, especially at the quarterback position, that big, that fast, that a physical specimen. You know, you don't you don't see you don't hear that a lot, but there's there's a couple physical specimens in 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 sports. Like Michael Phelps is a physical specimen for swimming. LeBron James is a physical specimen for basketball. Now, I'm not saying Cam Newton's on their level, but as far as talent, 
But Cam Newton is a physical specimen we, when we talk about NFL players. Uh, uh, DK Metcalf is a physical specimen as a football player. Cam Newton. Robbie Anderson says, said, says something that a lot of people forget or a lot of people want to neg- negate. That is hard going. This is what the second or third year in a row that he had to come. Cam Newton had to go into a team mid, like mid, like in the middle of the season, whether it was with the Patriots. Now it's with actually with the Patriots twice because remember he had COVID and he had to miss and come in. And we know how hard it is to 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 figure it out with the Patriots. But and now he had to go to. He had to go to the Carolina Panthers midway in the season. And while the 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 initial opening, you know, the first game against the Cardinals without Kyler Murray, by the way, looked really good. You know, the I'm back game, uh, he looked great. Cam Newton, it, there's a different Cam Newton just looks different in the Panthers, you know, uniform. Since then, it has not been good. I think, in fact, since then, outside of one game, he has been benched in every single game. Every single game. Now, some of the benchings, I think, are a little premature, but he's been benched in every single game, you know, all in all. Do I think that Cam Newton is a start can be a starting caliber quarterback. Right, do I think he is still a starting caliber quarterback? Yes. I think Cam Newton is still if Daniel Jones is a starting quarterback, if Ty, Taylor Hunt, Taylor Heineke is a starting quarterback. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is a starting quarterback, then Cam Newton can be a starting quarterback. The question is, and the thing the the, the conversation gets is is a start is a Cam Newton start is a team that Cam Newton is starting at quarterback are they good and are they a viable team for success for 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 greatness I guess you can say and I I don't think so you see Cam Newton I believe he's 30 32 Cam Newton See, there's, there's, okay, so there is a difference. Cam Newton is 32 years old. Now, we're looking at players like Aaron Rodgers. We're looking at players like Tom Brady that are, are older uh, and in their 40s and playing. And in, in totality of things, Cam Newton, the 32 is young, especially for an NFL player. 32 is young. However, when you're Cam Newton and you've been taking the amount of punishment that you've taken since you got into the league, that you since you came into the league, Cam Newton has been, he's been, I think, top five or top three most sacked quarterbacks of all time. See, there has to be something to be said where Cam Newton has played Majority of his career until the, of course, towards the end, he's played, I think he's played B 
behind some of the worst offensive lines, period. Now, he was great 2015, but since then, actually a lot before and since, except for when he went to the Patriots, he's been playing behind some pretty bad defense, pretty bad offensive lines. And defenses, they've been teeing off on Cam Newton. I'm saying all that to say Cam Newton is an old 32 because of the punishment that he's taken in his career. You see, there's a difference when you look at Aaron Rodgers, and he he doesn't take a lot of punishment because he does he's not as a, he's not as physical of a runner or physical of a player as Cam Newton was. Tom Brady played for one of the, played behind one of the best offensive lines ever when he was with the Patriots, and again had one of the best coaches ever, if not the best coach ever, in Bill Belichick. So he didn't have to worry about getting destroyed. Cam Newton. Is an old 32. I'm saying all that to say. Nick Wright of Fox Sports said that he doesn't believe Cam Newton is a starting quarterback anymore. Cam Newton pretty much has two options. Retire uh, and or be like a like a Marcus Mariota. Go on a good team like the Chiefs or the Bucks or something and be a goal line quarterback. A quarterback that you get into the 10-yard line, you get into the 5-yard line. Uh, and you bring in a physical short yardage quarterback that is good, you know, getting touchdowns as far as running with the ball, good play, you know, uh, run pass option, that could be Cam. And Cam Newton's uh, press conference on after the game on Sunday was telling. You know, Cam Newton is usually, either if he had a bad game, um, there's a – there's a sense of pride that he's going to you can tell there's a sense of pride sense of jubilee that he's going to he's going to turn around there's a belief and a confidence that he's going to turn it around yeah I may have had a bad game but that's just a bad game I'm going to turn it around it's, we're going to get it right the and and this is this has been his entire career it didn't seem like that on sunday it didn't say, you know, he was really reflective. And usually when you hear people being really reflective about their careers, usually that's toward that's that's the end. Now, I understand that we don't know the future that of Cam Newton that Cam Newton has with the Panthers. And I do think that I mean, Sam Darnold, I've given up on Sam Darnold. I was I was a huge Sam Darnold fan. No, let me not say that. Let me not say that. I was one of the people that said Sam Darnold cannot be this bad. It's, it's probably the organization. I was wrong. Sam Sam Darnold's not that good. So we don't know the history or the future of, you know, with Cam Newton and the Panthers. More than likely, that's over with. So I think that we may have possibly seen the end of Cam Newton. And... Because it's hard for me to to look at a team. Uh, now, of course, you have the Texans. The Texans could possibly go for Cam Newton in the offseason, but they like what they're seeing out of Tyrod Taylor and what uh, Mills. Maybe the Jaguars, but no, because you have Trevor Lawrence. You're not going to give up. On, you already gave up on the court or the coach. You're not going to give up on Trevor Lawrence. He was the number one overall pick for a reason. Maybe the Jets, but you're not going to give up on Zach Wilson because he was a number two overall pick. 
You could do the Nick Nick uh, Nick Wright route and be a short yardage quarterback for the for the Chiefs, maybe. But the Chiefs isn't really a team that's built for short yardage. They they go deep, long, like they, you know. Maybe the Bucks, but is Cam Newton going to do that? I don't know. I just think that this is the first time in a while Cam Newton's career to me seems like it's it's coming to an end. And I understand, you know, he didn't have a job and anything, but I'm saying coming to an end as far as maybe he's accepting that. At least that's what it sounded like in his in his press conference, the 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 in game press conference. So if we have seen the, the, the last of Cam Newton as far as this season is being his last season, then it was a hell of a run. Cam Newton is is that dude. Cam Newton will always be one of my favorite quarterbacks, especially I mean, he beat my team. I'm a, I'm an Oregon fan as far as college football, and he beat my team in the national championship when he was playing for Auburn. So, or the BCS championship is what it was called uh, when he was there. So, um, yeah, man, it's it, it just it, it it's it it doesn't seem it doesn't feel good that this could be the end for Cam. So, um, the ch- man. Moving forward, the chief, the, the Chiefs beat the beat the Steelers like a drum, thirty six to ten. You just Patrick Patrick. The Chiefs are firing on all cylinders right now, and the Chiefs look like the best team. This is the same Chiefs that a lot of people were saying you know was over with the the dynasty. I'm not gonna say dynasty because like the 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 team that we're used to is over with. Yo, I understand it's the Steelers, and offensively they're very challenged, but. The Chiefs look good. The Chiefs look like the team. Look, they're firing on all cylinders. They look like a top team, and the Steelers. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna pile on with the Steelers, man. It's and this is a Chiefs team that didn't have Travis Kelsey due to COVID protocol. <sighs> you know, we there doesn't need to be. <laughs> excuse me. Oof. There doesn't need to be much. Much doesn't need to be said. Uh, with with Big Ben, we know that I'm not beating a dead horse. Um, yeah, but the Chiefs, they did what they're supposed to do. They beat the Steelers and they beat them badly. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and and Big Ben didn't look like didn't look like they're in the same class at all. So the I mean Thursday night football way back the Tennessee Titans beat the 49ers 20 to 17. This is this is why this is. The Tennessee Titans is the, and I think I said this before. Tennessee Titans are one of the most frustrating teams in the league. It's like you don't know what you're going to get out them week in and week out. You can either, I mean, this is the same team. Then they lose the Jack. Like this is the same team that loses to the worst team in the league, one of the worst teams in the league. But then you beat a team that's fighting for their playoff lives. And the 49ers, it's like Ryan Tannehill looks good one week and then looks like the Ryan Tannehill from Miami the next week. A.J. Brown, Brown came back and had probably his best game as a, as a pro. A.J. Brown went crazy. Um, and Jimmy G, death taxes, and Jimmy G is going to give one or throw one up for the defense. He had two very bad interceptions. And... Uh, Jimmy G cost them that game, and more than likely, that's why that's why they they drafted a Trey Lance. Now, I, they may, and I, I 
they may be beating themselves up. Why didn't they get Mac Jones? But this is why you 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 have a Jimmy G and you still draft a Trey Lance because it's like Jimmy G, you can't really trust him because in big moments he's going to give you what he gave you. So, And the Titans, I don't know what to, what to make the Titans, man. I can't trust them in the playoffs uh, because they can either have a game like they had and, and A.J. Brown and, and Ryan Tannehill go crazy or they can have a game where they lose to the Jaguars. Now, uh, Derrick Henry may come back at the start of the playoffs, so that could help. But what what Derrick Henry are you getting? He hasn't played in a minute, so I think like since week seven or something. So I don't know about the Titans, man. But hey, just AJ AJ Brown went crazy. So um, the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles beat the 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 Giants thirty four to ten. Jalen Hurst looked good. Uh, it is against the Giants, but. The Eagles are in right now prime position to make the make the wild card. Uh, Washington has kind of a tough slate. I think they play Washington on s- Sunday, so I think that that's that's going to be a big game. Um, and of course, the Vikings. I think what helps is the Vikings play the Green Bay Packers on on sun, Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, um, and that is, I think the you know that's going to be big. So. You know, it, it, the the Eagles, which I'm surprised that they um, – Jalen Hurst looked good. Jalen Hurst looked good. The defense – the running – I think they were like one of the best, if not the best running game or running team in the league, which is surprising to me. So, uh, hey, shouts out to the to – the, a lot of people are saying – a lot of people are saying that um, the Eagles is, is a team and a scary team that you don't want to face in playoffs. Uh, no. No, no. But if they run into the Green Bay Packers, it's a wrap for them, in my opinion. But shout out to the Eagles. Shout out to Jalen Hurts. They they look good. So, uh the the Rams the Rams are kind of shaping up the form as well. They beat the Vikings thirty to twenty three. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. had a touchdown again. It was not Odell Beckham. A lot of people blamed Odell Beckham Jr. For the whole uh, Brown situation, but it was not Odell Beckham Jr. It was just they didn't use him properly, and as we're seeing, he's still very serviceable. Uh, I mean, he had what he has four touchdowns in like five games. He has seven touchdowns in twenty six games, I believe, for the for the Browns. So, hey man, the Rams are looking good, and I don't know how the hell they got, or I don't know how the hell Cam Akers tore his ACL, and now like like. A couple weeks ago, and now they just activated him. I don't know how the hell is gonna have Cooper Cup looks like probably the greatest quarter wide receiver of all time. He's he's having it. He's balling. I w- I mean I understand that maybe Jonathan Taylor more than likely is gonna win Offensive uh, Player of the Year because he's not gonna win um, because he's not going to win MVP. I don't believe. However. Cooper Cup definitely has uh, should throw or should have his should at least finish second, if not first in that category too. Because Cooper Cup has had one of the greatest seasons a wide receiver has ever had. Um, but yeah, shout out to the Rams for beating the Vikings. Um, oh, and shout out to Justin Jeffries. He be, he broke Odell Beckham Jr.'s record. I think most uh, reception reception yards in the first like two seasons or something. Uh, shout out to him. So. Um, the Bills just beat the beat the Patriots, and that's why I said hold off to the Patriots. Um, 
Stephon Diggs had, you know, he he played good. Josh Allen played great, and that's why I said hold. Mac Jones is is to me, Mac Jones is better than I thought he would be. But Mac Jones is still not that good of a quarterback, at least right now. He 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 has his moments, but Mac Jones. If Mac Jones is like if if they're they the Patriot how the Patriots are built, they're not built. To have Mac Jones save them, they're built behind their running game. They're built behind their defense. Mac Jones is hopefully just a cherry on top. However, Mac Jones can be like the whipped cream of uh, Sunday. You can have way too much whipped cream and kind of ruin the damn Sunday. Like it just Mac. Like they're not. They're hoping that Mac Jones is not the person that's supposed to save them because I just don't think he's he's there. I mean, he threw two interceptions. It, it didn't look good. He did not look good against the Bills. Against the Bills defense that isn't, you know, last few weeks have not been the greatest. But hey, Josh Allen looked good. Stephon Diggs looked good. Nick's got a, had a touchdown, a little flick touchdown. So hey, the Bills, the Bills look good. Stephon Diggs looked good. So and that's why I said hold off. A lot of people are saying the Patriots can win the Super Bowl. Like hold hold up, bro. Hold up. Or a lot of people saying the Patriots couldn't win, couldn't make it to the Super Bowl. Like, oh, bro, are you really picking the Patriots over the Chiefs? Are you really picking the Patriots over a team like the the, the Colts? Like, come on now, come on now, come on, man. Uh, the Jets. I didn't watch this game. The Jets beat the the Jaguars twenty six to twenty one. Jaguars got the number one overall pick, or will have the number one overall pick again. Zach Wilson. I'm not even going to say, you know, people say he has flashes. And I, I say that a lot, too. Like, he showed flashes. But you played against the worst team in the league or one of the worst teams in the league in the Jags. Of course, you're going to have flashes. Now, unfortunately, James Robinson, the running back, the uh, really good running back from the Jaguars, uh, I think tore his ACL. So, he's going to be out. So, I, I hope nothing but a speedy recovery. But, yeah, to yeah, just, I mean, come on now. Um also <laughs> Atlanta Atlanta beat um Atlanta beat the the Lions 20 to 16. Cal Pitts uh having one of the best rookie tight end or rookie seasons for a tight end in league history so shouts out to him. Uh Matt Ryan I'm not I don't have I don't have to say anything about Ryan. I don't have to say anything about Matt Ryan. Uh the the Falcons just beat a team that is now two twelve and one. So shouts out. Um the I think this is probably the biggest surprise. And this is this is why it's it's hard to trust the job the Chargers, man. The Chargers are one of those teams where you have all the pieces, you have all the components to be a really good team. And you beat really good teams. I mean they dis- they beat the the Chiefs like you have the talent to beat really good teams. They destroyed, you know, well, it's not a really good team, but they destroyed Washington. Like they beat good teams, but then with their playoff lives on the line, you lose to a four and ten at the t- or no three and eleven team at the time, which is the Texans. Like raise your hand if you knew Rex Burkhead <laughs> was on the Texans. I sure as hell didn't. And and, and it again, and I think this is due to youth and which I think that he's I mean clearly he's gonna get better since he's he's still young, but Justin Herbert, 
he's he's really good. He's he's a great young quarterback. It's just he has those moments and I th- the team was hit pretty hard with COVID and and injuries and but even still, you should beat the Texans, especially when you're the AFC, especially at the end of the playoffs. They I think only one team has clinched a playoff spot, and that is um that is the Chiefs. Or you know, I, I so with a with a with a with a with a conference that tight, you need these type of wins. You need these gimme wins and, and I think that it definitely can come back and hurt them. So that's that. Um I talked about Nick Foles being one of the best uh <laughs> being one of the best backup quarterbacks in league history. He beat the the Seahawks uh twenty five to twenty four at Seahawks. Now it was snowing and I think we have seen this is to me it's very hard for me to see Russell Wilson playing uh for the Seahawks again next year. Especially when teams like the Saints would be really good for him. Even if you don't want to to even if the Seahawks don't want to trade him in the division. Uh there's a lot of teams I mean not division. If you don't, even if they don't want to trade them in the, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, it is what it is. The Saints would be a really good team for him. The 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 you don't want to trade him in division. I'm sorry, you don't want to trade. They're not going to trade him to anybody in the division. So you're going to trade. If you're going to trade him, you can trade him to the Saints. You can trade, which which would be a really good team. You have Alvin Kamara and um, Alvin Kamara and uh, Michael Thomas when he gets healthy. Uh, with Sean Payton, you have you can trade him to the Giants. They they have Kenny Galladay, Shepard, uh, Darius Slayton, Saquon Barkley. There's a, hell Washington. I mean, you you have that defense. You have Terry McLaurin. You have Antonio Gibson. I just it's hard for me to watch what I'm watching out of the Seahawks and think that Russell Wilson is going to be there next year, especially when he has come out and said that he was, especially at the beginning of the year. He came out and he was frustrated with the team uh, and the lack of, you know, especially the offensive line, like a talent around him. The offensive line is still not good. So, shout out to the Bears, man. Um, the the Raiders beat the beat the Broncos seventeen to thirteen. Uh, I think that their big game definitely comes next week or this week when they're playing. Uh, they have to play who who are they playing? The Colts. They have to play the Colts. Um, that's a big game. They're pretty much fighting for their playoff lives as well. So, you know, uh, they, 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 they beat a team that they're supposed to beat. A Broncos is another team that can go for Russell Wilson. Uh, you have Judy, you have Melvin Gordon. I, I definitely know that they don't have Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke in their history as far as they want them as starting quarterback. So, you know, and the Broncos were also on the list, uh, for Aaron Rodgers, which, we still don't know what's going to happen when Aaron Rodgers toward, comes in the season. So, you know, that's 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 another team. Um, and the the Dolphins, Dolphins beat the beat the Saints on Monday Night Football, twenty to three. I mean, when who, Ian Book, <laughs> there's a reason why I think that Notre Dame. I think the stat is Notre Dame quarterbacks have lost like twenty three straight uh, NFL starts. There's a reason. That, like, come on. And book is not, bro. He had a pick six like his first drive. <laughs> so it's 
Now, shout out to the Dolphins. They're in playoff position now. Um, they beat who they're supposed to beat, even though, and Mina Kynes continuously uh, says this, which which is true. Out, I think they've only beaten one team. When, when they face them, they've only beaten one team that was above 500, and that was the Ravens. There's a lot of, uh, you know, Saints, because they, they were, the Saints were 7-7 seven seven at the time. There's a lot of mediocre teams. Now, I'm not... Don't let it fool you that the Saints beat the or shut out the the Bucks. That's a divisional game. Um, the defense was humming. Yeah, uh, no, <laughs> it uh, divisional games are always tougher. You know what I'm saying? It's you're playing in division, so. But uh, yeah, no, no, this, no. B- but shout out to the Dolphins. So. So that is the week 16 breakdown. Uh I want to give my top my um my top 5 teams in the league. Now, again, we're we're coming towards the end of the season as far as the regular season playoffs are coming, and these teams are teams that I to me are definitely good enough to or should have their name, or should they're the best teams in the league? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I was gonna say they're the best teams in the league, and I'll start with number five. Number five, I have the Rams. For the to me, the biggest problem the Rams have one is turnovers because for some reason Matthew Stafford be turning the hell over the ball. I think he had like three turnovers on Sunday, even though they did win. He had like three turnovers against the Vikings. They turned the ball over a whole hell of a lot, and they've had trouble. Now they have beat a couple teams, like they did beat the. They beat the Bucks. I I think they definitely beat the Arizona Cardinals uh, the second time. They have a the the Rams have a problem beating top tier teams. Uh, they've had a problem all year beating top tier teams. So I do think that is with with chemistry and getting to know each other. I mean, you did just infuse uh, Odell Beckham Jr. into the mix, but they are looking like they're sh- they're rounding into form. Their defense uh, has been horrible. Out, you know. Before these last few weeks, even though they have Jalen Ramsey, who was out with COVID, um, and Aaron Darnold, but outside of that, they weren't pretty good. But their defense has played really well. Like they they played incredible against the the Cardinals. Um, they were getting to uh, Kyler Murray, but yeah, I have uh, I have the Rams at number five. I think that I mean going into the season, to me, they were like they should have been a top two team. With all that, in fact, they expected themselves to be a top team with all the acquisitions, all the moves that they made, uh, the big swings that they took, and they they better finish uh, top two. But right now, I have them at number five. Number four, I have Dallas. Again, you don't know what you're going to get from Dallas. You can get what we had on Sunday and just uh, a team that's firing all cylinders, both offensively and defensively, or you can get a team that's been struggling for the past few weeks to score. Like, the, like hell, even Dak said it before last week. The offense has been struggling and the defense has been carrying them. Uh, I think if we get the team that we saw on Sunday <laughs> – then it's it'd be hard pressed for me to see what a, any any team that can really stand the test of time against them be because they can hit you at a lot of angles. So, but the, again, we haven't seen that consistently. So I have Dallas at number four. Number three, I have the Bucks. Yes, the biggest problem with the Bucks is their secondary, especially with all the injuries. However, and, and you did lose Chris Godwin, but you still have Tom Brady. Leonard Fournette is hurt right now, but he should be coming back. Even if he doesn't come back, 
You have Shamaji P. Ryan, you have, who was a big fixture for Cincinnati. You have Ronald Jones. You have uh, Mike Evans. He's injured right now, too, but he should be coming back with a hamstring injury. You have Gronk. You have Antonio Brown. You still have uh, key pieces on the defense. It's the Bucks. I mean, they're defending champions. Uh, Tom Brady is still playing in a, at an MVP level. I'm not I'm not throwing away the Bucks just because their secondary is horrible, which their secondary has not been good due to injury, but they've still been winning. So I have the Bucks at three. At number two, I have the Chiefs. It's it's the Chiefs, man. The Chief the, they didn't have Patrick they didn't have Travis Kelsey, who was arguably the best tight end in the league and undoubtedly uh Patrick Mahomes' most reliable weapon, and they still Pringle went crazy. Um, McCole Harmon went cra- like it's the Chiefs, and the, and their defense is playing a lot better. I think since like week seven, they're like one of the top defenses in the league. It's 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 the Chiefs, and the only reason why I didn't have the number one <clears throat> is because I have Green Bay at number one. Now I did say I'm going to talk about one thing that I'm not liking from the Green Bay Packers. The reason why I have the number one is because they haven't really lost. They haven't lost, and I haven't really seen a team that I, they've 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 won the games that they're supposed to win. The problem is they have been getting like people are gaining yards on this team. I don't even with the def, like sometimes their defense look great. Which is, I mean, you have Zaire Alexander, you have uh, Preston Smith. They have a really good defense. Savage is on the team. They have a really good defense, great defense, but. Too many times I've seen teams like 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 the Browns and and um, Nick Chubb run up and down on this team. They almost lost to the Ravens that had Tyler Huntley starting at quarter. In fact, if it wasn't for um, them missing the two point conversion, the Ravens possibly could have won that. The Ravens should have won that game. So it's like they're I, I just see their defense is giving up a lot of of yards, whether both on the ground or or. Uh, on the ground or in the air. It's just their defense giving a lot. But I haven't, I mean, Aaron Rodgers still playing at an MVP level, probably going to win the MVP for the second year in a row. Uh, This team is looking like the best. This team is right now the best team in the NFC. And (laughs) until I see a bad loss, I have them, or, you know, recent bad loss, I have them at number one. So I have Green Bay, the Chiefs, the Bucks, Dallas, and the Rams. Those are my top five teams, at least right now. I'll probably do this again towards oh, at the end of the season, which is in two weeks. So I'm probably not going to do it again. But we'll talk about it going moving forward in the playoffs. So. And I also talked about the – I was going to rank the best quarterbacks 25 and under. I said that the league is in good hands. I mean, with with Aaron Rodgers and, and some of the quarterbacks – I mean, hell, Drew Brees retired last year. The league is going to look different in a couple years. And for people that's already asking, no. Patrick Mahomes is 26. So Patrick Mahomes is not going to be on this list. But here are my top five quarterbacks as 25 and under. Number five, have Justin Herbert. The reason why I have a number five is because at his high, Justin Herbert can be a top three quarterback in the league right now. That's how good he can be. I mean, I've seen him go up toe-to-toe against Dak Prescott. I've seen him go toe-to-toe against Patrick Mahomes, and he he beat Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert is at his best. His ceiling is is high. The only problem is his 
floor is low. I mean, there's games where he he throws like two pick six, like he doesn't look good. So it's like he has some incredible games, and at his best, he is incredible. It's just at his worst, he looks horrible. So that's why I have a number five. I think that he can improve. Um, definitely think he can improve. I mean, he's still young, but I've seen what he looks like at his best, or at least at his best right now. And it's, it, I mean, he he outdoed Patrick Mahomes. So I have Justin Herbert at number five. Number four, I have Joe Burrow. It's Joe Burrow, man. <laughs> Joe Burrow is incredible, bro. Joe Joe Burrow, he even <laughs> when you surround him with talent, he's going to win, or he's going to look good. I mean, you have Jamar Chase, you have Higgins, you have Tyler Boyd, you have Joe Mixon. That's an incredible team, and and Joe Burrow is is. I mean, he just again he just broke a single game passing yards by a quarterback for the for the Bengals with like 525. Joe Burrow was incredible, bro. Joe Burrow be he was playing good. He was playing great too until he got hurt his rookie year uh against Washington. Like he, he was he, Joe Burrow is that dude. And I have Joe Burrow at number 4. Also, and also at number 4 cuz kind of like Justin Herbert, I've seen him have some horrible games. Like horrible games. Not as bad as Justin Herbert, but he's had some horrible games, but his 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 best so far has been great. Number three, I have Josh Allen. Uh, I I have him number three because I've seen the best. I've at least right now I've seen the best that he has to offer, especially last year. And last year was great. Um, it's just he was also one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks going in. So I think the pairing with him and Stephon Diggs is huge. And I you know. I, it's hard for me. Josh Allen has played. I mean, his running ability, his physicality. Like he's a, he's a big quarterback, and at his best, I mean, at his best, he finished top three in MVP last year and had the Bills in the AFC Championship. So I have uh, Josh Allen number three. Number two, I have Kyle Murray. I cannot, even though Kyle Murray does let has let me down from time to time, and even though we still can't, we still have to pump the brakes on the Cardinals. Kyler Murray still, I mean, especially the beginning of the season, they he's been incredible. Uh, he is a big reason why the Cardinals are in the position that they're in. Like he's a he, his size is one thing, and I know a lot of people talk about his size, which which I understand. But he, I mean, he, there's a bro. He be slinging the ball left and right. That's like Kyler Murray's great. And at number one, I have Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's the only MVP or the youngest MVP in this in this category. Uh, he's the big reason why the Ravens are even in the position that they're in. Like I said earlier, with all the injuries that they've dealt with, he's the biggest reason why they're why that why they are where they are. He's the biggest reason why they can't win a game, even though they did look good against the Green Bay Packers and they almost went against the Browns. He's the biggest reason that they are where they are. They're they're even playoff contention. Lamar Jackson, for a good part of this year, was, to, in my opinion, a top two candidate for MVP until, you know, he kind of, the team just kept starting to implode again, but uh, as far as injuries. But uh, I have Lamar Jackson as the best quarterback right now under 25. So right now it's Lamar ja- in order. Lamar Jackson, Colin Murray, Josh Allen, jo- Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert. So, that again, the league's in good hands, and that's not even, you know, Patrick Mahomes is 26. Dak Prescott's 28. 
Um, the league is in good hands, man. The league is in good hands. So, uh, this weekend, oh uh, yeah. Yeah, this weekend is the college football playoffs, man. Um, you have Cincinnati at Alabama, uh, the the one and four team, and then you have Michigan at Georgia. Hell, look, trust. I love the fact that you know. Shouts out to Cincinnati for making it this far, uh, first F F FBS team or FCS team to make it to the playoffs. Shouts out to Cincinnati. That's a win in of itself. I just don't think they have a chance against Alabama. Um, I think Alabama is – I just yeah, I just don't think they have a shot against Alabama. And I think it's going to be a really good game. To me, it's a toss-up game between Georgia and Michigan. I think both teams are incredible as far as defensively. I just trust Michigan's quarterback more than I trust Georgia's quarterback, even though, you know, Georgia only has one loss, which was against Alabama. I trust – and both both running games are great. Both defenses are great. I just trust Michigan's quarterback over <laughs> over um, Georgia's quarterback. So I have Michigan winning. So I think it's going to be a Michigan-Alabama national championship. And and that, to me, is going to be great. I, to me, I, I don't – yeah. I have I have Michigan-Alabama in, in the national championship. So – that's 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 what I have. But again, shouts out to Georgia, shouts out to Cincinnati, shouts out to all four teams for making it to the college football playoffs, man. Hey, shouts out. Uh and moving forward, and lastly, the Lakers the Lakers. Um so uh, somebody asked me, yo, Jay, how would you fix the Lakers in three moves? The Lakers right now currently are on like a five-game losing streak. Uh, they don't look good at all. And I said it's, it's, it's very hard in three moves because two of the moves are decisions that you have to make. Now, I was to say the third one is you have to infuse some youth. See, the biggest problem going – I'm fixing – for people that's wondering, I'm fixing the Lakers in three moves. Now, when I say fix the Lakers, do I think the Lakers are going to make the playoffs? Of course. I don't think that they're that bad to miss the playoffs. I mean, you have LeBron James. You have Russell Westbrook. I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs. But do I think that they're good enough to win a championship? No. Even with the big names that they acquired over the over the offseason, I don't think that they're good enough to win a championship. They don't play good enough defense. They they have no chemistry. Like DeBron said, they they've either dealt with injury or COVID protocol, so they they haven't really been full. But even when they're fully healthy, I just don't think that they're good enough to win a championship. So number one, you have to infuse some youth. You have to infuse people. I understand that Malik Monk was supposed to be that that guy, or or Wayne Ellington, or Horton, uh, no, Taylor Horton Tucker. No, you need to. <laughs> that, 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 no, no, that's that's not. It's not what we're doing. You need to infuse some youth. I don't know how the hell you're going to do that with the cap the cap space looking like it's looking for that team, but that's what you have to do. Um, and the next two is honestly, for number one, you have to make a decision about Russell Westbrook. That is the, the biggest reason why you say you have to make a decision. Because, and Russell Westbrook's played fine. He's had, he's had his moments. He's had some really, really poor moments with 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 the Lakers. He's had some bad moments, but the thing, the the fear that we've or 
fans or fan, yeah, fans have had of the team is re- is being realized, and that is Russell Westbrook and LeBron James are not a perfect pairing as far as playing together. One play, but neither of them shoot the ball well enough to play off ball, and neither of them. And Russell Westbrook, he's like you don't know what to do without the ball. So he needs the ball in his hand. So is LeBron James. If you want to be as successful as possible, LeBron James needs the ball in his hand as well. So it just doesn't doesn't work. But um, yeah, you need to make this decision about Russell Westbrook. Do you trade Russell Westbrook or, or what? Because you're not trading LeBron. LeBron's not going nowhere. Not saying that you know. And honestly, quite as kept like LeBron James has been hurt more and more throughout the years. So the the the, the father time is starting to knock. Um, but you need to make a decision about Russell Westbrook. Do you want to trade him? If you do, tra- first of all, can you trade him? Because he has one of the toughest, worst contracts to, to move. Like, can you trade him? And if you can trade him, what do you get for him? You're probably not going to get equal value because of his his contract and because of the fact that people have seen what Russell Westbrook looks like and people have seen Russell Westbrook play. And he is a tough player. I'm not saying he's still great. Russell Westbrook is still a high-energy player. He's still a really good player. He's just tough to play as far as winning basketball. He's not really that. He's a high-energy player that can win you a couple, like, win you really good game, Or he can be the reason why you win a lot of regular season games. But when you need decision-making, when you need him in the playoffs, he's not the best. So you need to make a decision about Russell Westbrook. And two, or the last one. You need to really make a decision about Anthony Davis. Now, Quads is kept. Anthony ain't quiet. Anthony Davis has a long history of being injured, and what L.A. brought him onto the team to be the heir apparent to LeBron. At there was a there was a strong conversation as to you know back before, when he was playing for New Orleans. Is Anthony Davis the top five player? In fact, Anthony Davis was, as far as talent-wise, a top five player in the league. But, as we've seen, he's been unreliable due to injury. Now, they did win a championship in the bubble. Um, And I'm not taking away from that. But, outside the bubble, Anthony Davis has not produced the way that L.A. wants him to. And he's going to be, he would be a little easier to move because of the upside, because of his age from Russell Westbrook, but I don't know how many play- people are touching him as far as giving you equal value, because you're not going to get equal value getting Anthony Davis, but giving you close to equal value because of his injury history. So you have to make a decision like, is Anthony Davis really the future? Or is he the present? Because with a team like LeBron, you're not really looking in the future because LeBron, we don't know, I'm not saying he's just going to fall off, but we don't know how many years LeBron James has left of being a, a player that can average. 31 points in a five-game span, and you lose every single game. So you have to make a decision about Russell Westbrook. Are you going to trade him or not? You have to make a decision about Anthony Davis. Are you going to trade him or not? And if you do trade both, what what are you getting? And I think if you do trade both, you can definitely hit with number three, and that is infuse youth to this team because, to me, it's way too lopsided as far as veterans and youth. Way too lopsided. We knew that going into the season, but a lot of their vets, they know how to play. Yeah, okay, but when you need to play defense against a team like Golden State who's running around everywhere or a team like the Suns who's running around busting threes in your head, uh, it, it's not going to work. So, they're going to make a decision. And that's how you fix the Lakers in three moves. <laughs> 
And there is today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Again, this is the last episode of 2021. So I appreciate you guys. I hope that 2022 is nothing but blessings for you and your family. I hope you get nothing but love and 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 and, and support for 2022. I appreciate you guys. Um, if you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, long sleeve, joggers, sweater, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different designs, multiple different colors. Whatever you need, I pretty much got you. The link is in the description. Go get that. Also, please subscribe. Please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Um, just to know that, you know, I have support in this thing and I'm not just talking for my health, even though I enjoy doing this, I'm not just talking for my health. So please subscribe. Um, and again, happy new years. Uh, I will see you guys, Lord willing on the other half of 2022. Um, and until next time, much love. In the town, weather report looking rainy, but I skate through it daily. And a new gray Mercedes, waterproof Jordan ladies, I'm sizzling, scorching, handsomely how they gotta pay me. Every recording off the head, I'm in a studio lately. I don't bang, but I'm making that crip. Let my bitch run in the web, so while I'm blazing the whip, take my quotes. I'm here to give hope. Start a company from one of my phrases We in the age of letting dumb shit Kill your kingdom, body bags for no reason Young shit, blood slit, slurring off of the seagrams Hell with it, creep through the shadows Eyes wide open, ties still smoking Break screeching, he's tweaking He see himself way different than we see him He speak as if these mean streets was only his region Should everybody squeeze it? Niggas know what I came in this game with I'm not an entertainer, that's just a disclaimer But what I'm about to say Famous people say it ain't hate being famous Millionaires hate it, people take just to feel like they made it Whoever claimed that you changed cause that money came They do the same if they saw their name on a hundred things Pardon the haters, it's my Billy behavior If they don't say I'm the GOAT, that's the silly behavior It's the ones you grew up with That's with the dumb shit They want you slump cause you get love Ain't that some shit? 20 trucks at the awards We be moving so crazy I don't buy into the hype I'm in the studio lately It's the ones you grew up with that's with the dumb shit, they want you slump cause you get love, ain't that some shit? 20 trucks at the awards, we be moving so crazy, I don't buy into the hype, I'm in the studio lately. I don't bang, but I'm making that crip, let my bitch run in the web, so while I blaze in the whip, I'm out of here. I told niggas I was in rare form on the last album, I ain't playing out here. It's not a game.